Star Wars 7x7 episode 1896. Today, we're going to talk about the Resistance and the state it is in as we discover it in the novel Black Spire by Delilah Dawson. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So, the deal with the Resistance. This is one of the things that is, I think, the greatest mystery about the rise of Skywalker. We are all operating under the assumption, I think, that the Resistance is going to triumph against the First Order. But how? Where are the bodies going to come from? Where is the fighting force that is going to be able to stand up and oppose the First Order? I mean... At the end of The Empire Strikes Back, certainly the Rebels suffered a lot of losses, but they weren't wiped out nearly to the degree that the Resistance was wiped out by the end of The Last Jedi. So this is a really <laughs> difficult thing. And that led into the whole question of how long after the events of The Last Jedi would the Rise of Skywalker take place because they need time to be able to amass this army, but apparently they've got a solution that's going to let them do it in the space of a year, according to that timeline that was revealed at the D23 Expo last month. So they're going to get them from somewhere, but I will say that they are not giving any hints about that in the novel Black Spire by Delilah Dawson. And I grant you that it's not really this novel's job to do that. It is not part of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker publishing initiative. In fact, it is labeled as a Galaxy's Edge book, even though there's no quote-unquote Journey to Galaxy's Edge publishing initiative, but for all intents and purposes, that's what this is a part of. So. No, it's not really supposed to do any sort of job related to the Rise of Skywalker. It just so happens that because of the fact that it takes place in between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, there are things that can be intuited to some degree from it. But right now, at least in the main part of the novel, four months after the events of The Last Jedi, it does not sound like there has been some incredible progress in the way things are going. One thing we can presume by reading between the lines of Black Spire is that the First Order's military control of the galaxy is not yet complete, and certainly not to the degree that the Galactic Empire had the galaxy under its thumb in its heyday. I know that Rey says in The Last Jedi that the First Order will have military control of the galaxy in a matter of weeks, and they don't have to have a presence on every planet to do that, like if they have control of hyperspace lanes that goes a long way to establishing military control of the galaxy. But there are a lot of planets that are currently not under the thumb of the First Order. Batuu is one of them, of course, and we're told in the novel that it's because of its seemingly strategic unimportance and it not having any particular resources for the First Order to exploit, and therefore it has no particular value, and it doesn't even paid, you know, come to the First Order's attention until the Resistance starts mucking around in there. So that's one example. Another example is the planet Saria, which gets mentioned in Black Spire. Saria is the planet where Kia de Mundi, the Jedi Master who was on the Jedi Council in the prequel trilogy, is from. That's probably the best known Sarian, at least in the current canon right now. And Saria also happens to be the place where the former Captain Cardinal, now Archex, going by his given name, is recuperating and rehabilitating after having been broken out of the First Order by Vi Marathi. 
And even though Vi is traveling in a nondescript transport, there's no indication that there's any First Order presence around Saria or that she is operating with any sense of fear or concern about their safety as she goes there to pick up Cardinal to take him to Batuu for their partnership, their collaboration as they try to build a resistance base on Batuu. Now, maybe I should have provided a spoiler warning on this show, but I don't think I've really shared anything that's majorly spoilery for Black Spire, but I definitely think what I'm about to say could well be, so here's your spoiler warning. But as far as, you know, the rest of the Resistance and its state, you know, we talked about the other day how there was a green team that was supposed to be infiltrating a Star Destroyer that Vi didn't get to be a part of, but other than that, just the conversation from Leia saying that she's sent other people to nowhere parts of the galaxy to help with the resistance. There is one other conversation that Vi has with Leia when things seem particularly dark and she calls Leia and it's late at night wherever Leia is and she's tired but she's at her desk and the conversation with Leia is not a hopeful one from Leia's side of the house. In other words, Leia isn't like, hey Vi, I'm really happy to hear from you. There have been some really awesome things going on. You know, the Resistance is doing super well and this and that and the other. No, it doesn't happen like that. Leia is actually, you know, kind of worn down at this point in the novel, at least when we encounter her separately. And kudos again to January Lavoie for doing a wonderful vocal performance, especially with Leia in this particular case. And yeah, you just don't get the sense the Resistance has really mustered up its solution for the First Order just yet. They are still in a fight or flight mode. I guess it's more like flight mode than anything else. They're not in freeze mode either, but um, definitely still on the run and still doing what they can to just survive is the, the idea that we're given. And the Resistance base that's established at Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World and Disneyland is the result of work that's put in by Vi Marathi and her team. So they do get something up and running. But as far as how she gets it up and running, well, I alluded to the fact that there was something that really just kind of sat not well with me about the novel. And I'm going to tell you what that is and go into spoiler territory on that after the break. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Constant Contact, the premier email marketing solution for small businesses and organizations. I've used their service since 2003, and over the past decade and a half, I've watched them evolve, make the product simpler, more powerful, easy to use, and do everything that they can to help train people to use the product more effectively and for it to work with other forms of marketing like social media, for example. So. Check out sw7x7.com slash email to learn more about Constant Contact and start a free trial. Once again, that is sw7x7.com slash email for a free trial. Welcome back. So here's the thing. Vimerati's job in this particular case is to land on Batu, get the base set up, recruit people to help out with the base, and create something functional for the resistance to retreat to if need be. That of course means that at some point she's going to have to reveal to other people that she is a member of the resistance. But because she's a spy, I would really have expected her to be a lot more circumspect, a lot more suspicious, a lot more careful about who she revealed her true nature to in the novel. 
And unfortunately, that's not the case. In fact, she arrives on Batuu wearing a jacket with the Resistance Starbird on it. This seemed to me really unusual. I just, I don't feel like a spy would go advertising her allegiance to the Resistance that overtly and without knowing what it was that she was walking into. She had no idea what kind of environment or, you know, sympathies the uh, residents of Laxpire Outpost would have. And considering that it's a smuggler's haven, you know, you would think that, you know, the thought would have occurred that there could be people who, you know, would sell her out for a quick buck. And I expect that Vimerati's character would have known that, you know? I, I feel like the character that was established by Delilah Dawson in Phasma would have known that. And I just, I don't understand why that choice was made. And when she crash lands on Batu and is helped out by Salju, who appeared in the novel Crash of Fate by Zorada Cordova and is just as helpful and friendly in this novel as well. She goes into town in Black Spire Outpost wearing her resistance jacket and Salju actually has to say, hey, not only are you advertising the resistance, but you look like an off-worlder. You better get some scarves here so that way you can cover up your starboard and actually look like you belong here. And so she does, which is great. And ultimately, because of the fact that she crash-landed and everybody picked off her stuff, she has to get a normal job, if you will, to be able to survive. And it's at the end of her first day working with this new group of people that she starts to talk to them about the First Order and the Resistance and reveals that she is a member of the Resistance. But that's, again, just so soon. Like, you would expect her to put in you know, a week, two weeks, a couple of months, ideally, to be able to try and figure out whether these people are people she could trust or, you know, whether, you know, they were at all going to be valuable to the resistance whatsoever. So there's just, you know, it seemed like those choices were not in keeping for the character for me. And I feel like the answer to doing that could have been pretty simple. That Instead of you know, having the novel, well, the novel could still take place, the majority of the novel could still take place four months after the events of The Last Jedi, but instead of characterizing you know, that particular situation as having happened the first day that she was working with these people, you could just as easily say, oh, it was two months later that she picked up Archex and went to Batu and crash landed and had everything stolen from her. And now we're dropping in on her two months later. She's been working at Savi's scrapyard and she's gotten to know these people for a while. And she wasn't wearing a resistance jacket. In fact, she hadn't brought anything with her that would identify her as resistance. And it's only now that we're joining the story where she's known these people for a few months and she starts to talk about the resistance. Well, that seems to make a lot more sense comparatively. And the other thing too is that there's even discussion in the narrative about how if somebody finds her or finds out that she's resistance and can connect her to General Leia Organa, that that information would be supremely valuable as well. And so the fact that she's wearing her resistance gear overtly and making her allegiance known, not just as a you know sympathizer of the resistance, but as an actual member, well, yeah, that was just... It carried with me all through the novel because it happened early on and it was just, you know, it was a, something that I felt like ultimately was meant to advance the idea of the First Order coming to the planet and creating the conflict that drives the most of the story. But 
yeah, uh, just yeah. Ugh, it was the the one the one dark spot in an otherwise bright novel for me. And again, thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for sending me a copy of the audio to check out. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.